Thank you, Yuda, very much. I appreciate that very much. Now, that's not how I talk, but I had to say that since she said about my speech. The reason why I speak proper English and you don't is because I was raised in West Virginia <laughs> in a coal mining shack. We spoke Russian. We spoke Lithuanian. I told people yesterday we spoke West Virginian. I now live in South Carolina, and that's why I have my accident, so leave me alone, all right? <laughs> Well, I do appreciate all these men of God, all these different presidents who've had me here at Maranatha. And I know why they've had me back. You know why? They know I've got one good sermon in me, and they are determined to have me back until I preach it. (laughs) But I do thank the Lord for these men of God. I really do. Thank you for your staff. It's always been an honor to come up here and and preach here at at your school. I, uh, I do want to say that every meeting I go to, I teach a theme verse. And so I, I want to teach you a verse right now that I pray that there'll be a, make an impact upon your life through this entire year. I'm going to quote it to you twice. The third time, you will say it out loud with me, okay? Listen very carefully. 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your care upon him. For he careth for you. Okay, one more time. 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your care upon him. For he careth for you. Now, do you all think you can say that? Well, then pull that stomach in and sit upright, all right? And you project out good and loud. Here we go. 1 Peter 5, verse 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. You're the object of God's care. He'll take care of you. You hear me? I know this is a new adventure to you freshmen. And many, some of you may be going through a very difficult time. Even think about leaving, about leaving and not even getting started. Why don't you just cast your care upon the Lord? He cares for you. I hope that'll be it. I'm going to drill every every time I speak, we're going to quote that verse together, okay? And I hope it'll be a real help to your life. Now take your Bible and go to Psalm 16, if you will, please. In Psalm chapter 16, I want you all to stand as I read you verse 11. In verse 11, the word of God says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Our dear Father, Thank you for the word of God. We pray, Lord, to be a help and encouragement to your people today. We ask in Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. Our text begins by stating, first of all, that God has a path that would show me the path of life. Are you aware that God has a specific 
definite plan for your life? Psalm 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Psalm 23, 2, he leadeth me. Genesis 24, 27, I being on the way, the Lord led me. And so God's the one who leads you. He's got you on a path. However, often God's people get off of God's path. And they go down bypaths. In that great work, Pilgrim's Progress by Bunyan, the main character Christian was on God's path. However, one day, he got off of God's path, went down a bypath. And when he did, he entered up in the dungeon with giant despair. You know, every time a child of God gets off of God's path and goes down the bypath, he also will end up in the dungeon of despair. And there are several dangerous bypaths that many of God's people go down. And one is the bypath of carelessness. In the Old Testament, they were transporting the Ark of the Covenant. It was on a cart pulling by oxen. And the word of God says, as they're pulling the cart, the cart began to shake like this. And a man named Uzzah went up to stay the cart, put his hands on the cart. And when he did, the Bible says God killed him. Now, why did God kill that man? Because he was not of the right tribe who handled the things of God, and God killed him. You know, young person, there's a danger of you kids hearing the word of God preached so often. You know what happens? You sit there. The Bible goes in one ear, out the other ear. Nothing motivates you. Nothing stares you. You know what your problem is? You've taken for granted the things of God. And that's a very, very dangerous path. Another dangerous bypath is the bypath of carnality. The Bible says in Romans 8, 6, for to be carnally minded is death. The word carnal is the Greek word karnos, where we get the English word for flesh. Therefore, the word of God says, for to be fleshly minded is death. Now, I'm Russian, part Russian. And you know, there's a Russian game called Russian Roulette. Here's how you do it. You take a revolver, you open the cylinder, you put one bullet in there. You close the cylinder, you spin the cylinder, and then you put the gun right here to your head, and you pull the trigger, and you hope it goes click. However, men have blown their heads off of their shoulders playing that crazy game. You know, young man or young lady, whenever you get a mind that's set on the flesh, you're beginning to commit a slow spiritual suicide. You hear me? But not only that, the Word of God says in Romans 8, 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. The word enmity means he begins to hate the things of God. 
Beware of the individual says, I hate all these standards. I hate all these restrictions on my life. You know what you're doing? You're revealing what path you really are on. But it doesn't stop there. The Bible says it's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be, which means he becomes a rebel in hearts, rebelling against the things of God. And you know what? That's a very dangerous path to go down. You know the best thing for you to do? Stay on God's path. You hear me? Stay on God's path. When you stay on God's path, he will always bring you out at the right place. Psalm 66 verse 12 states, We went through fire and through water, but thou brought us out into a wealthy place. Job said in Job 23.10, When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. And I'm telling you what, students, it's very crucial that I'll stay on God's path. Now, second of all, look back at the text. It says, Thou wast shown me the path of life, and thy presence is fullness of joy. Now, stop there. Look at me. The second observation, we find God's presence. Are you aware on God's path, you will always have God's presence? What a wonderful, thrilling thought. On God's path, I will always have God's presence. You know, sometimes we, we begin to feel like everyone's forsaken us. And even the Lord's not concerned. As the poet wrote, the road is too rough. I said, dear Lord, there are stones that hurt me so. My child, he said, I understand. I walked it long ago. But I said, I wish there were friends with me who'd make my way their own. Ah, yes, he said, Gethsemane was hard to bear alone. And so... I walk the stony path, content at last to know that where the Savior had not gone, I would not need to go. And strange to them, I found new friends, and the burden grew less sore. And I remember long ago, he walked that way before. I'm going to tell you right to your face, you will never walk a path where God will not be with you. Acts 33, 14, God said to Moses, my presence shall go with thee. Acts 10, 38 says, for God was with him. In Matthew 28, 20, Jesus said, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. What a thrill to know on God's path. I have God's presence but third of all, look back at verse 11. The third thing, thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Here, the psalmist talks about the third thing, and that's God's pleasures. Now, just a moment, though. Pleasure? Yes. 
Now, the pleasure of God, though, is different from the pleasure of the world. You see, the pleasure of the world always requires you taking stuff on the outside to satisfy the desires on the inside. For example, as I'm speaking right now to you, there are no doubt many young people shooting drugs up their arms, drinking alcohol like water, trying to satisfy the cravings on the inside. And that's why their lives are so destitute and so empty. But what is pleasure to the child of God? I've weighed this very heavily, Dr. Anderson. I'm going to give you a Savinsky definition. How do you like that? All right? And here it is. Pleasure to the child of God is that internal peace and joy that comes as the direct result of doing the will of God. You know what? There is an internal peace and joy that comes when you do God's will. Now, it's always it's not always convenient to serve the Lord. You know, I was in India with Dr. Jacob Shelley years ago, but I went with Dr. Wendell Heller from Indianapolis, Indiana. And so I was over there, and, um, and um, um, I want to tell you something. It's amazing. Um, when I went to India, uh, it was 110-degree weather, and um, when I would preach... Uh, when I got through preaching, by the way, I had to preach to through interpreters. One, to interpret, first of all, what I was saying so they could understand it, and then second of all, to interpret to the people in their language so they could grasp the message. No. But no, really, only one interpreter. And so anyhow, uh, and, and when I got through preaching, Dr. Shelley walks up to me and says, Oh, Brother Jerry, you've got to preach longer than this. My people want more. Whoa. They were an hour preaching. Well, you know what? Here I'm over there preaching. So what did I do? How am I make the message longer? I told what I did. I slowed down. <laughs> Real slow. I did. And um, I would preach in 112 degree weather with a suit on. I said, Doctor, I said, Doctor Shelley, I'm not wearing a suit tonight. He looked at me and said, Oh, Brother Jerry, you will greatly offend my people if you do not wear a, a suit at the tie and a white shirt. I looked at Dr. Heller. <laughs> He's laughing. He knew that was coming. And so here I am, preaching in 100, over 110 greedy weather, Eating food. If you're from India, I, please, I, I appreciate your country, and I, and I want to say I don't want to offend you, but I had rice and hot curry for breakfast. I had rice and hot curry for lunch. I had rice and hot curry for supper. I tell you, I ate so much rice and so much curry that when I came home, I told my wife, Sharon, I said, Sharon, Rice is outlawed from this house for one whole year. <laughs> I got sick as a dog. 
I lost almost 15 pounds less than I weigh now. I mean, I looked like death warmed over. And I was preaching 10 times a day. Look, we had so many people saved in India, in the southern part of India. An independent Baptist church was started down in Trivandrum. And since 1986, that one church has started to Dr. Chelly, and when he was alive, over 400 churches. The revival broke out in India, and God did it. And I was weak. But I'm going to tell you what. There's a pleasure in my heart. I'd get sick again if I had to. To see what God did. You know what, young people? It's such a pleasure to serve Him. Someone says, Well, Brother Savinsky, when are you planning on retiring? Well, I'll tell you when I'm going to retire. When I start putting bananas in my ears and slobbering over myself, I hope someone has enough common sense to pull me off the pulpits, you know? If I lose my marbles and everything else up there, I pray that someone pull me up. But I tell you what, it's an honor to serve him. And young people, you're going to find on God's path his, ple- his presence, and you will one day experience the unusual pleasure that God will give you. Because Pleasure to the child of God is that internal peace and joy that comes as a direct result of doing the will of God. Let's bow our heads and pray. Before I do pray with our heads bowed, there's no imitation this morning. No invitation, no coming forward. I'll do that tonight. But perhaps you say, Brother Savinsky, you know, I needed this message more than you realize. I needed this kind of preaching. I'm going through a difficult time. I need to stay on God's path. I know God will be with me, won't he? Yes, he will. And you one day will experience these unusual pleasures that he gives you. You say, would you just... just Pray for God to help me. Whatever you're going through, would you raise your hand right now before I close in prayer? And then you'll be, when I get through praying, God bless you. Many of you are raising your hands. God bless you. All right, wonderful. Stay tender, young people. I'll never trick you in the invitation. I'll never be a con artist up here. You just be tender and let God work in your life. Our Father, you are so kind to us. We love you, Lord. We thank you for these young people. Those who raised their hands, Lord, and maybe others who didn't or who needed this message, may the Spirit of God help them to what they're going, experiencing. And they can use it one day as a testimony for thy glory. We ask in Christ's name, amen.